welcome to the Wi-Fi Nomads podcast. I'm your host, Kate Smith, sharing with you how to successfully start working remotely while traveling the world. If you're ready to break free of the nine to five grind and achieve more freedom and fulfillment in life, be sure to apply to one of our upcoming Wi-Fi Nomads programs in Bali, Indonesia. It's an immersive professional development training program showing you step-by-step how to start earning an income remotely so you can work from anywhere in the world. Spots are limited, so be sure to apply soon. You don't want to miss out. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everybody, I'm Kate Smith, the host of the Why Fly Nomads podcast. Today's guest went from working for $10 an hour to five-figure blogging paychecks. He's been a contributor for Huffington Post, Thought Catalog, and Elite Daily. He has over 25,000 followers on Medium and over 200 thousand Facebook likes. He's originally from America and now joining us from the Philippines. I'm excited to introduce you to Tom Kugler, um, who you may also know online as Finding Tom. Tom, thank you for being here today. Kate, it's really cool to be here uh, and talk to you again. Thank you for having me. It's really crazy to hear all those numbers (laughs) right back and all that. So it's been a crazy journey and uh, I can't wait to get into it. Thank you for having me once again. Amazing. I'm so excited to have you here. And you're just talking how this was like a very full circle moment. Um, Years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, um, you had reached out to me. um, We did an interview. And I remember at that time, you were kind of just getting started out. I think you had just graduated. You're just getting into writing. And you're like, yeah, I want to, you know, write and I want to travel. And now here we are, you're in the Philippines, you're making a living from your writing. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited to share your story with everyone because in, even in the last year and a half, you've come so far. Um, maybe we can go back to that moment of when we first started talking and where you're at and sort of where you're at now. Sure. Yeah. Um, so when we, when we got talking, I think that was around August of 2017, it must've been, and I had been graduated for, cause we talked about, you know, college graduation. That's why. Yeah. So I had been graduated for two years already. I had been freelancing for uh, about two years. And when I got started talking to you um, and interviewed you, I was about six months into my blogging career. And so freelancing and blogging sort of they overlap in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing both at the same time. And so after um, we sort of got on that call and you came on for my magazine, I remember like maybe three months later, I started my first course, online course about how to make money on Medium, how to grow a following there, everything like that, right? And it was nuts, the response that I got from that. Like that was that first moment for me where it was like, okay, I'm gonna break away from the freelancing thing and I'm I'm gonna really be like a full-time blogger and a lot of that stuff online courses that you know that there's a marketing side to that there's a lot of other things with that but um, I I remember I had like 15 people sign up for my first round and I was so happy because I was selling the spots for like $200 right so that was like my first 3k online I was so happy and they they have been supporting me since since that day a lot of people signed up for my other course later so um you know, that started uh, at the end of 2017. That was when I really got started blogging, like really full time. And um, I had been writing for a while, you know, before that. But that was like that day that was like, all right, now I'm now I'm a professional blogger or something like that. Right. So over the course of 2018, um, I actually like started to get into video creation as well on Facebook, YouTube. 
And that was the next frontier. I had been interested in video for a long time, ever since I was a kid, like 12 years old with my fam, with my, you know, with my dad's video camera, the one that like looks like a, like a big, big brick or something. And you have to like hold it like this and you have to look through the viewfinder and all that thing. So uh, I got started in vlogging and I came to the Philippines uh, and then I made a couple of videos about the Philippines and a few of them went viral. I just couldn't believe it. You know, like one of them got like 3 million views and I don't know, like a week. And then my page just blew up and I went from, you know, like a thousand likes, AKA nobody, you know, to 10,000 and then 20,000 and then it, it, it reached a hundred thousand, you know? So I just kept making videos about this country that I love a lot. And that's where it's, it's gone for me. You know, I've gone from freelancing to blogging to now video creation and I'm still blogging, you know, but um, I'm still seeing where the horizons can take me. So that's been my life. And, and I mean, just to throw another number in there for you, like, like I, I make money with Facebook ads now from my videos. And, and in December I made 6,000 from one video that just went mega viral on Facebook, you know? So I, I don't want to say that just to be like, yeah, look at me, but it's like, no, like for your audience, like video creation can be really lucrative. And a lot of people, they don't talk about uh, Facebook ads and, and the numbers you can reach with that. So, so that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. What do you mean by Facebook ads? So you're, can you explain how that works and how you're monetizing that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Facebook, I, I should call it Facebook ad breaks. Um, okay. So Facebook ads are like the ads that you could run to, you know, get right. more people okay. to sign up for your list or something, but Facebook ad breaks are different. They're um, literally like little ads that Facebook places in videos of creators that are uploading their content onto Facebook. And you can, it's, it's only open if you have like 10,000 likes on your page. And if you have an X amount of views per month. And um, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a club that you sort of have to get into. Um, but after that, after you can allow ad breaks, like some of the CPMs can be pretty lucrative. And so, um, yeah, that's something that we can, we could talk about a little bit later. And, and I just got ad breaks turned on about six months ago. So that was like a whole new revenue stream overnight, you know, and, so I was really, really happy about that. Amazing. So a lot of people listening are, you know, in the nine to five, they're wanting to make this transition. You know, you, from what I understand, you, you were able to like build this up from home. And then once you built it up enough, you're like, all right, I'm going to go out and travel. How did you, for those listening that want to do something like you, like you're making money from essentially writing and creating videos, which is probably a lot of people's dream. Like, are you crazy? Like you're making money, like writing about cool stuff, traveling and making videos. Um, so what is your advice for people and, and maybe perhaps share what, what you experienced for getting started, almost looking back on when you got started writing and knowing that you want to monetize it. Is there, you know, how did you get started and how, What's your advice for people getting started? Because you probably learned the hard way, what, what to do, what not to do. Uh, so maybe you yeah. can share that as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're looking to get started, I, I would like really, really urge, especially in blogging and video creation, I would urge you to have something set up already. You know, like I was freelancing um, way before I was blogging. And about two years into my freelancing career, I was like, you know what, I want to start to write about stuff that I want to write about, you know, I, I thought, I think that would be a cool change, you know, and instead of writing about craft beer for people in Colorado, you know, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I can write about uh, something I learned in, in, in my trip, you know, so I, 
I, I think the main thing is you're going to suck for a long time. You know, like my, my first few videos, they really weren't that great. It took me a while to really understand what Facebook wants. Um, and the same goes for my blogs, you know, like you have to put out a lot. You have to really like practice every single day. And that's such a dumb piece of advice. You know, it's something we hear a lot of, but you know, seriously, like even if you're writing for like 20 or 30 minutes a day, uh, that can really help you. Um, but it's really, to give you a more tangible piece of advice, it's, it's really just the topics. You really have to think about what topics you're writing about. You have to experiment a lot to figure out what your audience wants to know more about. And then you can zero in on that and you can really hit it. The first couple like months that you're blogging or vlogging, you're going to probably strike out a lot. You know, you're going to bomb a lot, but then you're going to have one video that like gets one a lot more views than normal or a blog like post. Like 3 million. <laughs> Yeah, or something, yeah, you know, or something like that, right? And, and you're going to start to understand what that formula is to continue to grow, right? And, or what topics work. And so you ha in order to, to get to those topics, you have to sort of just like sign off the first two or three months and be like, all right, I, I'm going to, this is just an experiment in what sort of content people want from me. It's not necessarily just the, it's not necessarily the, the, the talent you have, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's just the topic you're creating about, you know, or you're, or you're talking about, you know? Yeah. So my, my advice would be to just audit, you know, the first, or I don't know if that's the right word for that, but basically just audit the first two or three months of your creation and, and just understand like, it's okay. If, it's okay. If no one's reading, it's okay. If no one's watching, whatever, like that's how it's going to be. And, um, and if you go into it with no expectations, it's going to really, really help you. So, um, yeah, if, if, if you're going to get started, just audit those couple, this first couple months, that'd be my advice. I think that's great advice. It's exactly what I did with my brand, the remote nomad. The first one was like the most horrible, like I cringe looking at it now, but it helped me get clear on what stuck with my audience. And it was the digital nomad lifestyle. Um, you mentioned about talent and that made me think of something very interesting. I remember when I was in the nine to five, I thought, oh, if I was just a good writer, then I could make money traveling the world by writing. And what I, you know, you, you kind of spoke to this is that, you know, for me now anyways, with the remote nomad, it's about just sharing a topic. It's not necessarily about being this great writer. So maybe you can um, speak to those that, you know, want to get into writing, but they feel like, oh, but I'm not a writer. I can't, I can't monetize that. I'm not a writer. What do you have to say for those people? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's, I think really it's just, uh, I'm not a great writer either. You know, like I, I, I'm constantly improving myself and understanding, how, you know, how, how to structure my, my blog posts better, how to write better headlines, how to write better introductions, all that sort of thing. Sometimes I, sometimes I say something and I look back on it and I'm like, that wasn't the right word for that. And that makes it a whole different meaning and, and that screws everything up. But for whatever reason, the past couple of years, my audience has listened no matter what. And it's been this weird thing. Like I, I know I could name tons of people that are much better writers than me um, that I know and, and that have much less followers than me. But I, I don't know why people are following me. Like why, how is this happening? There's radical errors everywhere running rampant. So how is this happening? Um, and, I, and I think, you know, the, the main thing with content is you really have to write about, you, you really have to write about something that, that moves you deeply emotionally. Um, and, and what I mean is like, I love the Philippines. I've loved it for a long time. I've loved it for years. And I made a, I made a video about it and, 
and how, how much I love it and how much I love their culture. And, and I really feel it. And you can see it in my eyes and my voice and you can see it in my writing. And, and you have to zero in on those topics. And a lot of times, the problem is a lot of times, like those topics are the ones that are the hardest to be vulnerable, vulnerable about, you know, like, like um, a lot of, a lot of people that I coach, some of the stuff they tell me about their lives, I'm like, I can't believe you went through that. And they're afraid to write about it. And it's like, no, you have to write about that. You have to, because you're going to give a voice to other people. And that's going to be the stuff that really hits. And that's going to be the stuff that, that you, you're going to see your heart on the page. And so what I'm trying to get at here is like, you really have to, um, you, you really have to focus on putting your heart on the page as much as you possibly can. You know, don't just write about, um, especially with medium.com. They're not really searching for like, um, bland topics or bland like pieces of advice, like 10 ways to do this. Like they're searching for personal stories. That's a place you can really thrive, you know? So, um, my piece of advice is to just like, it's not trust, take it from me, a, a blogger that's been writing for two years. doesn't really matter about how good you are as a writer. You just have to really put yourself on the page. And if you do that, people are going to resonate a lot of other people. And another thing too, is like, most people, they don't know what good writing is anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like they're reading, but might, they might skip right past them, an error that you made, you know, and they'll keep reading and they'll love it. And so it's not so much about the, the format, even though that is, that is important to, to an extent, it's more so about reaching that person. And if you can do that, 90% of the work is already done, in my opinion. Yeah, that's amazing. I think how Gary Vee words it as just it's not content creation as it is documenting, just documenting what you're going through, what you're thinking, what you're feeling and sharing that with the world. Mm, exactly. And, and, and that's what I try to do with my vlogs. And, and I, you know, like a lot of times when I start a blog post, I have no idea where it's going to go. You know, I am just trying to, like you said, I'm trying to document something that I feel at that point in time and wherever it takes me is wherever it's going to take me. And somehow or another, the audience, you know, I've written, I've written some blogs where like the headline has nothing to do with like the ending, you know, or like the punchline. And I'm like, then why aren't more people calling that out? And I realized that like, they naturally understand where my mind is going, you know, yeah. from the first sentence to the last one. So um, your audience isn't as judgmental as you think they are. Uh, so that, that, that's, that's a big piece of advice that I would give people. And that's not, that's not an excuse to not really like edit or something, but that's more of a, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you, you know, with, with yeah. that piece of advice. <clears throat> and so with your writing then, how long did it take you? I know you were freelancing, but when you're building up your blog, how long did it take you until you were like, how did you make your first dollar from blogging and how long did it take you to really build that up? Yeah. So like my first, okay. So I, I got started blogging, uh, you know, sort of like while I was freelancing as well, like I, it's a blend, right? Um, my, my, my timeline, but I, it was about a year to be honest with you. It was about a year. I, I had been blogging on medium, like at least five times per week for, for a year, uh, you know, and, 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 and then um, the first cent that I made was an online course. And I had been building an email list for, uh, for about eight, seven or eight months. And I was not really good at it. You know, like I, I could have, I probably could have been better at building that list. But I had like a list of, I think, maybe a thousand people. And I shouted out a webinar to them. And, uh, and it was about medium and how to grow there. Cause that was my expertise. I knew how to grow there. Right. So I, I shout out the webinar to them. I think 30 people showed up and I think 10 people bought live and then five other people bought, you know, in the, in the follow-up. And so 
what I realized too with that, Kate, is like, it's, it's not so much the numbers that when you're first getting started and when you're writing a lot of content, that first year is not a waste. You, you, you don't know how deep you're getting with some people. Like some of those people that bought my first course, there was, they still tweet at me all the time and I still talk to them all the time. You know, it's not like a, you know, like a, you bought my course. Cool. We're going to part ways. I'm going to give you value. We're going to part ways. No, like, like those people, uh, who you're writing for in that first year, you're going to find, you're going to get some real fans because if you stay consistent, they're going to really love you and come, come for everything for you. And because you hadn't sold anything in that year, you're going to see a, a really big sort of like push at the, at the beginning. And you might sort of, you, you might see, I don't know, you might see better results than you think. So yeah, it was about a year to answer your question that, that it took for okay. me to monetize. I think that's really good in terms of setting expectations because some people, and you mentioned consistency, some people jump off, they feel discouraged, they jump, you know, they jump back um, from their efforts. Um, I'm just trying to think of, you know, that, that journey that someone's about to embark on when they're trying to monetize making a writer, do you have any, I guess, what were the, the, the things that you learned the hard way, so to say, so mistakes that you made along the way or advice that you have for those getting started um, so that they can really optimize and make the most of getting started with writing. Yeah. So I think you really got to start an email list like immediately. Um, I think that aggressive experimentation in the first month is important because then you can understand what your audience wants more of. And then you're not writing about a ton of different topics and you're, and you're really sort of like niching down. I think that's important. Um, I think that you have to, one of my biggest, here's a great one. One of my biggest mistakes is not knowing where I was going to go with it. Right? So like I wrote about a lot of different topics when I got started dedicated towards college kids, you know, mostly who felt lost. I ended up selling a course about medium. So that's not exactly the audience that I was meaning to build, right? So you have to really think about, it's, it's hard at the start and maybe you can just do a month of experimentation and then see what content works and then maybe think about maybe how your skills interlap with that. Uh, but don't wait until like a year into it to think about <laughs> what audience you're building and what product you're gonna sell to them. You know, um, so the, the blueprint for blogging really like that I would suggest is sell online courses, like build an email list, sell an online course, uh, and, and continue and, and, you know, make your content point towards that email list and then your email list points towards the course, yeah. right? So that's the biggest thing. And that's going to help you monetize earlier and faster if you yeah. can really think about those things and, and take, take the plunge too. like it, I could have made that course, uh, four months before I did. And I probably could have made, you know, pretty good money, like at least a thousand dollars, I would say, you know, so, so you're probably, you're, 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 after six months of blogging and after responding to everyone and after building relationships with a few really great, you know, breeders, I think you're ready to go. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. Building a relationship. Um, you know, there's people you follow online and then there's building relationships. From what I see with you, you're really good at building a relationship with your audience. How do you do that? What is your advice for people in terms of really connecting with people on a deeper level? Right in my wheelhouse with this one. I'm, I'm, I like this. Um, so so here, here's a tangible, because it's in, my, it's in my wheelhouse because it's a tangible piece of advice I can give that I used to do. 
So like, I'm not really good with remembering names uh, and faces. And I, I, I actually, no, I'm, I'm good with remembering faces, but I'm not good at putting faces to, to names, you know? So I actually have to remind myself of who people are half the time, because as you grow, you know, you're gonna get a lot of comments and your, your brain's not gonna be able to remember everybody. It's just not possible, right? So, um, so I actually, like when I, about five months into my blogging journey, when I was starting to get a lot of comments, right? I, I made a Google document and I wrote down like everyone who commented. And first of all, I responded. Second of all, I wrote down like the names of people who commented, especially if they wrote something that was meaningful, not like a thanks, you know, yeah. more like a thanks. This really helped me out. You know, like I've been reading you for like, good. That's the type of person that I want right there. So I found them and, and on medium, they have a profile they can write to. So I would, I would click into their profiles and I would uh, go and read one of their articles. And then I would try to comment if I had time. Right. And I would keep track of their, of their names in Google until in the Google document until I like could, could look at their name and be like, Oh, I know that person because I read that post and I know what they write about, right? And a few of them, a few of that, those sorts of things happened. Um, so I, it's that kind of stuff. And, and I did that like on a weekly basis. I like made it a point to every like week for like two or three hours or maybe four, I would check in with everyone from that list. And I would try to respond to their, their latest article. And, or I would try to like see what's, what was happening on Twitter with them. I try to follow them everywhere. That's a very thoughtful thing. And it goes, it goes re a really long way because when you're selling online courses, one, one sale equals $300 or, you know, or however much money you want to sell it for. That's a lot. That's a good chunk of change. So like when you, when you, when you focus on building those relationships, um, you, you know, th those are the types of people that are, that are going to buy from you later. And so, um, you know, uh, yeah. and, and don't just look at it like, oh, this is an exercise. Like I, I have to, I have to merge what I want to do with like actual, like, uh, it, it, like a more methodical way of keeping in touch with people. So this yeah. isn't like, I was just trying to like build as many relationships as I could. I really did care about these people and, and I still talk to a lot of them today. So that's yeah. one thing that you could do. And um, so if you're forgetful like me, definitely go that extra mile. Like there's so many ways to go an extra mile these days, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like everyone's on social media. And, um, so tweet at them, you know, uh, connect with them on LinkedIn, something like that. Just do just go the extra mile. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it can be a lot easier and more simple than people think. And I think this is an even a good point for networking in general when you are trying to land clients and this and that it's it's not about just like hustling for the money it's about it's really about building relationships whether you're a blogger a vlogger whether you're you know a freelancer it, it's really about building those relationships so yeah. throughout this kind of switching directions and gears for a second you talk a lot about monetizing medium how exactly are you making money from Medium? Can you share with users that? Because they're probably thinking, okay, you're writing, but like how exactly are you making money writing on Medium? For sure, yeah. So like the way that people make money on Medium is um, medium.com has been around for like six or seven years, if I'm not mistaken. They have gone through a lot of different business models and their most recent business model that I really think they've hit a home run on. Um, they're growing. They're, they're, they're taking editors from big magazines and big websites online. Um, you know, right now they're hiring and they're really filling, filling up their staff, but, uh, their business model now is a subscription based model. So you don't have to pay to read articles there, uh, uh, because a lot of the articles are quote unquote free, but 
Um, so here's the deal. Uh, basically, as a reader, you can pay $5 to Medium per month, and you can read as many lock stories as you want to. Uh, there's two types of stories on Medium, free ones that anyone can read, and then lock stories that only the members can read. So Medium has been, has been making a lot of really awesome content the past couple months with the editors and with, like, with writers, and they're working alongside us to really put out great stuff. And uh, so they're trying to incentivize people to subscribe. And it's five bucks a month, it's the cost of coffee, right? So a lot of people have done this and their subscriber rate has really gone up quite a bit. And uh, so as writers, how you monetize from this is, Medium will actually give you a part of, a part of the cut that they're making, uh, depending on how well your articles do, how well your lock stories in particular do. So you can get on there, you don't have to pay, to, you, don't ha you do not have to pay to post a lock story. You can get right on there, write up a lock story, post it. And um, if, if, if it starts to trend on Medium and if a lot of people start to get you know, read it and clap for it, which is like a Facebook like, then you get sort of like proportional money to that, right? So what I've worked it out to be is like if one person that is a Medium member claps for your story, you basically get a dollar from that, right? Wow. So which is pretty cool. So if you get like, a, if you get like maybe 30 fans on an article, which is a fan, it's like a, you know, just like a user, yeah. right? So if you get 30 fans on an article, you're probably going to make somewhere around 25 to $30, which is pretty cool, you know? So like, especially if you, you know, spend an hour on it, it's like 30 bucks an hour. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's how a lot of people are making money right now. And, and some people are, um, some people are making thousands of dollars per month. My one friend, Shannon Ashley made $8,000 in February of, uh, you know, and, and just in case anyone's listening to this way later, February of 2019. So, yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty ludicrous. It's pretty ridiculous for some. Um, I, I would say that her results aren't always, uh, you know, uh, common, yeah. but those are the types of results you could get. Um, she publishes twice per day. She publishes okay. six stories per month and she has really found her niche. She's, she's done everything I said. She experimented in the beginning. She grew her audience. She's responded to a lot of people and, um, she's really sort of hit her stride and I'm really happy for her because, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, she deserves it for sure. So yeah, that's the that's how you can make money on Medium. And and if you're if you're interested in it, just go to medium.com um, on the website. Just search Medium Partner Program um, uh, on Google, maybe, and then that will take you to the proper page, and you'll be able to see more information on that. And then, how, what's the proportion of what you should lock versus unlock? Because you probably want to draw people into your page with unlock content, but then have the lock content. So what would you suggest the ratio be of locked to unlocked content? You you know what's crazy, Kate? Like, uh, there's so many. I, I actually am not even. For me, I'm not even targeting people that aren't media members anymore. You know, which is you know could work against me. I'm not saying this is like the perfect idea of what you should do. Um, but what I am saying is like I, I actually lock all my stories now. Um, Medium pushes lock stories more on their platform than unlocked. So you're actually going to get more views if you post locked than unlocked. So that's another big reason why. Um, I, I, I post locked and also uh, medium has this really cool thing where they have a, a, a batch of like 20 to 30 curators worldwide. And it's my understanding that they look through every lock story that gets submitted and they check it for quality. And if it's good, they will curate it. AKA they will boost it on the platform and they'll get it more views, which will in the end make you more money. So what's the, what the crazy thing about medium is you don't really need that many followers anymore. In fact, followers don't really mean anything on medium anymore to me. I think it's more, so, I think it's a more level playing field, which I love. I think it's a cool thing. 
Um, and, and I think that anyone can really get on there and start making a couple extra hundred bucks at least on medium and grow their following and, you know, maybe, maybe grow their email list at the same time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. And so on that note, talking about how to monetize medium, how exactly then, like, can you speak to some of your revenue streams? Cause people see you, they see your writing and creating videos and they're like, how on earth is he actually making money from all this? So you talked about your online course. Um, you talked about this, this locked unlocked thing with medium. Um, are there other revenue streams that you have as well? Sure. Yeah. So like the, the, the Facebook ads is, is, right. um, a revenue stream medium is a revenue stream. Also my, my, um, medium mastery course sort of makes up like half of my revenue, okay. you know, so I've, I've, I've automated that, you know, like it's, it's a funnel. It's, it's from my blog, my blogs, uh, you know, I have an email sign up, they go through a course and then they can sign up for a webinar. And then I put the webinar on, I sell spots and then, you know, here, here we are in business. Right. Yeah. And so that, that online course is sort of half of that revenue. And then the ads that I run on, on Facebook are another maybe 25% and then medium is another 25% of that. Um, cool. So yeah. And I can, I mean, and, and, and look, the benefits of, publishing so often like one of my posts on medium is still getting traffic today and i wrote it a year ago yeah. and it's still getting like a thousand views a day and so i don't even have to make, really write too much more content i'm just getting email subscribers right it's 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 much easier so yeah. um yeah so that's 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 my funnel right now and and i could talk about the tools if you want to i can get really detailed sure, if you yeah. want it's up to you yeah. Why don't you mention some of the tools of like how you're making this all work? Because for people in the nine to five, like for us, we've probably heard of these tools, but I think that would be really great if you can share those. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I, when I put my first webinar on, I used a, a webinar ninja and it's like a, I think it's like $50 per month or something. And I believe you can get a seven day free trial of it or some sort of free trial. So, uh, you know, you can, you can set webinar ninja up, you can use Google Slides to create your, your PowerPoint presentation that you would put in your webinar. And then um, you can then you know, upload that to Webinar Ninja. And all you have to do then is just get people to sign up. So the way to get people to sign up is to use a landing page. So I use lead pages. Uh, I think it's, it's leadpages.com or it might be leadpages.net. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's lead pages, right? So look it up on Google, you'll be able to find it. Uh, so you can create a landing page. You can link that landing page to uh, Webinar Ninja so that people that sign up via lead pages are automatically included into that webinar. And then you just remind people, you, you, you put on the webinar, uh, you, you deliver great content, you sell at the end, and then, and then you're in business. So teachable as well is another thing. You have to provide a landing page for people to go to to buy your course. Yeah. Teachable.com has been my go-to. Um, and I'm not saying it's the best one. I'm just saying it's one that's worked for me, right? So Teachable is a great one. You can make a landing page on Teachable that you would sell people to, to sell. And then um, you can actually host everything on the back end of Teachable. So those yeah. are like the main tools that I use. Now I use Webinar Jam and Webinar, um, Ever Webinar as well, but those are pretty expensive. Uh, the yeah. only reason I've been able to get them is because you know, the existing funnel that I created was working pretty well. So Webinar Ninja and, 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 and Teachable and uh, Lead Pages. Those are like the holy grail, the top three that you would need to put on a webinar. Um, awesome. So yeah, yeah. And just to clarify, first, there's a, like, a, can you just explain exactly a landing page, what that means? Briefly? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a landing page is just something. So you would write a blog post, right? About preferably about whatever your webinar is going to be about educating people 
And then at the end you would say like, you know, click here, I'm going to put on a free live show or a free workshop or whatever you want to call it. And, and you would say, you could sign up right here. So that, that lead page is meant to sort of like, um, you know, act as a lightning rod for people to come to, to get more information about your webinar, to sign up. And, um, and, and, and that's all that it is. It's just a one pager, right? On the internet. And, and then, you know, they're signing up and, and, and then you can integrate webinar ninja and, and lead pages and it sends them right over. It's like the coolest thing ever. Um, so I, I actually don't do too much with my lead page. I, I, I don't put too much. You can really get into copywriting and sell it and all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I, I don't, I, copywriting is important, but for me with my webinar, uh, I think the real selling happens in the webinar. You know, yeah. if you're going to sell your course, well, you got to really get that presentation on, on point. So and yeah. what's your tip for delivering a good webinar? Like in terms of whether it's length or how to, how to go about the selling, do you just do your presentation? So at the end, like maybe you can speak to that a bit of how you approach it. Sure. Yeah. So, um, one thing really before I say that is, uh, one, one person that really influenced me is, uh, is a guy named Russell Brunson and he actually yeah. like, yeah, he created click funnels. Um, so my friend told me about Russell Brunson. He was like, dude, you gotta check him out. Like he like teaches you how to put on the best webinar slide by slide. He will teach you exactly what you need to put in that webinar. So I was like, okay, cool. So I got uh, a book called dot com secrets. And I think he has a sequel to that. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that sequel is, but you can get it on Amazon for like, I think five bucks. You can get an audible version of it if you want to, you can get a, you know, whatever. So Russell Brunson, click funnels. He's the guy that really showed me how to, how to slide by slide, put that webinar on. And one of the things that he says in, in, in the book is um, like, yeah, don't give away everything in the webinar. Um, you know, the webinar is designed to do one thing. It's designed to knock down the barriers that people have before buying from you. And that's it. You know, um, like, and, and education is going to be a part of that. But really like my main thing that I'm trying to convince people of when they sign up for our webinar is that medium is a place that you can make good money and you can start to make it right now if you wanted to. And it's true, right? So like I have to break down their barrier. I have to explain to them what medium is. I have to show them case studies of people that are, that are doing well. I have to show them what I'm doing and, and it's all designed to knock down that big barrier that is, uh, you know, medium is a place where you can make money. So my advice, Another piece of advice is like, just think about what that barrier is, like whatever it is in your life or, or in your business, what's the main barrier that's keeping people from buying from you and yeah. use that whole webinar to knock, knock the heck out of that barrier so that they can, um, it's, it's, you know, it, it's clear to them that your solution is what's going to help them with their problem. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. I think so often people assume that you should just go on and just spew out a bunch of content when really you're trying to almost like pre-frame them for the sale, like you were saying, and what do you need them to believe and buy into in order to convert? Amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah. so for when somebody makes the purchase, how are they, can you share with the audience how they're, how they're paying you, like how they're making that purchase, what you use for that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Teachable is really cool because it allows you to, uh, create an actual and an, an extra landing page. Uh, so this is a separate landing page for your webinar, but this is a landing page for your course itself. You know, you're going to talk about your course here, not your webinar. So Teachable allows you to create a landing page, and it's actually like a really, really intuitive drag and drop type system. So anyone can create a great landing page, a great looking landing page. Um, so that's designed to help people purchase from you. And they actually have like a payment gateway on their back end. You don't have to get anything else. It's like a one-stop shop. 
That's why I love Teachable so much. And then um, after they purchase, they get access. They you know they log they get a login and they they make their password and then they can log in and and they can start to uh, you know get into your course content. And on the back end, from your view as an admin, you could just drag and drop videos. You can put text. You can put picture. Whatever you want to do. Um, so those are the types of things that 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 that's how they actually sign up for it is with Teachable. Yeah. Amazing. And do you have any, any quick tips in terms of like creating a course on Teachable, what people need to keep in mind when they're creating content for a course? Yeah. I mean, like I'm no teacher, you know, so I never learned how to teach. Um, I think that people go to school for a long time to figure out how to do it well. So I, I don't want to call myself a teacher, but I do know the, I, the, the one piece of advice that I try to, well, that, that I try to live by is, is it's just like, make it really simple. Don't fluff it up too much. I think a lot of times, what, the reason why we fluff things up sometimes, sometimes is because uh, maybe we're not confident in ourselves enough. Maybe I'm like, ah, oh, I need to add more. I need to add more, more minutes and, and more hours to this course to make it big and, and good and worthwhile. And it's like, no, add just the most important stuff to that thing. And uh, it's the 80-20 rule, right? You know, like 20% of what you create gives you 80% of that return. So think about that and, and try to get right to the point make it super simple, get feedback from your students. I would suggest doing a Slack channel um, and, and talking with them directly in that Slack channel, being active in there every day and, and trying to get feedback. Don't ask them every day how you can make the course better, but maybe at the end of it, like every two weeks or so, be like, hey, like, what's up? How, how are you doing with the course? Everything, and that's gonna help you to become a better teacher. Um, so I, I, the biggest thing is just be, be simple. A lot of, uh, when you, the, the craziest thing with Teachable is on the back end, you can see who's completing your course and who's not, what the average completion rate is. A lot of times it's not that high, right? But then what the people that are engaged are going to finish it. So you have to provide as less friction as possible, right? Yeah. For them to, to make it to the end. And, and so being simple, not adding too much is actually my biggest key, uh, you know, to make it a, a good course. And um, look, I'm not a teacher. Just, just tell them what you know. Tell them how you got there. Tell them what's yeah. going to solve their problems. And that's, that's it. That's all you need to do. Amazing. I love that. This has been very valuable. I think this helps a lot of people, especially that have never dove into it before. Um, I know you've been doing the writing and you've kind of dabbed, like dabbled into now. Well, not even dabbled. Um, you've gotten into to video and even using LinkedIn with video, which is very interesting because I, I see you talking a lot about LinkedIn as a platform. So maybe you can speak to that and building a brand on LinkedIn. Yeah, so uh, video is a whole different story. It's a whole different animal. Just to speak on video for a second, you know, it's, 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 it's bringing yourself into view. Um, so uh, if a picture, I, I love, I love this analogy, but if a picture is worth a thousand words, imagine what 30 frames per second's worth, you know? And, and so think about it that way, you know, there, there's a lot more that you can convey via a video than by, by blogging. And, um, so it, it's, it's, it's much more powerful. The audience is going to really see you and hear you and they're going to have a much more intimate experience and they're going to really feel uh, much more attached to you as a creator. So I would urge people to get into video. And, and I think that for most people, LinkedIn is probably the place to do that. And so it's actually not that hard to get started on LinkedIn with video. Like literally, like uh, if you look at my profile, um, I post some videos that I've created with my Canon, 
but uh, there's like the, a, a lot of them, maybe four or five of my past 10 videos have just been me with my camera, my like iPhone seven, that's old, you know, and, and I'm just recording myself talking for about a minute or a minute or two, try to keep it brief. And uh, people go wild for it. And, and, and I think it's the LinkedIn algorithm is really helping. I, the reason why I'm pushing LinkedIn is because the algorithm is just in, is insane right now. The organic reach is, is through the roof. And especially if you're making videos. So, uh, so I, I would really urge people to, to, even if you're just recording yourself with a camera, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to get over that nervousness, but, uh, trust me, we're not judging you as much as, as much as you think we are. Um, you know, if people can stare, stare at my dumb face for, you know, a couple minutes, then, then that's fine. You know, I, I look, I, I look disheveled on LinkedIn. I wear a backwards hat. It's not really <laughs> like, it's not really the professional look, but yeah. But, people watch. So, uh, so I would, I would really, really push LinkedIn as, as the platform to be on and, and really get into video. You could, it could make a huge difference. Yeah. Amazing. And then in terms of content, do you think there needs to be a shift at all in the type of content because it's a professional platform or the same as you would say, put on medium? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's a good question. I, I think you have to relate it to, it has to be a good story. It has to be, a piece of advice that that generally people can take. So I, I posted a video today from my Facebook, uh, and 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 look, let me let me try to answer your question before I go off on a tirade here. Um, <laughs> you, you don't have to be that professional. Um, again, I I, I wore I wear a backwards. You do, you not have to look that all that professional. Human beings connect with human beings. LinkedIn is changing. I really think that. Now that doesn't mean I think you should like go twerking on LinkedIn. Don't do that. But you know, <laughs> like, like just try to just, you know, you don't have to be so uptight about it or, or, or beat yourself up too much, but, but try to tell a story in your content. Like it's amazing what the community will let you get away with or what they'll let you talk about. I posted a video today about like a plant that whose seeds explode when you, when you put water on it. It's like this crazy plant that I found here in the Philippines and it has nothing to do with business or leadership or anything. <laughs> but in the story, I, I, in my status of that video, I talk about a story about how that got created and how like someone showed me the, the, the seeds and how like I didn't think that they were going to be anything cool. And then I was surprised. And then I said, people, I told people be curious, always stay curious, always, you know what I mean? Always be open, right? So like try to, try to, it's amazing how you can meander through like stuff that you've already created or, or like your business to connect with people. Like, so just tell, try to tell a broader general story, you yeah. know? So like if you're a real estate agent, like maybe don't talk about like real estate prices in um, New York city or something like that. Or like, don't, don't be like super like report based. Mm -hmm. Try to maybe tell a story about how like you help someone find a home and, and how like, you know, like you felt really fulfilled or like a business lesson that you learned. And then people might interact with that and then they might be searching for a real estate agent. And then, you know, it just so happens that way. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I would, that's what I focus on the story. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really interesting. It's really storytelling and emotions, those are like what capture people. If you can tell a story and you can capture the emotion at the same time, that really pulls people in. And mm -hmm. I like that when you're sharing about, you know, LinkedIn and sharing content on there, I like how you, you know, stress the fact that you can keep it simple. You don't need to go out and buy all the latest gear and equipment and then it becomes this overwhelming process. It can be very simple. Like you said, even in your course, 
keep the content simple, keep the message simple, you know, use your iPhone if you have to, like you can really get started very simple with almost essentially no investment. Yeah, exactly. And like I have a Canon and, and um, it shoots, it shoots pretty good video. I love the way that it looks, but sometimes I just like to film with my phone, you know, and I actually enjoy it. And, 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 and so I think there's, there's a lot to be said for that. And, and Casey Neistat, like my favorite vlogger, he's the one that got me into uh, vlogging in the first place. He's on YouTube and uh, more specifically, but uh, he, he's a big proponent of this as well. He's a big proponent and it doesn't matter about the gear. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it, the story is the most important thing. He made a video that went viral with like a dinky point and shoot camera that wasn't even really meant to take videos, you know? But he, he somehow, it, that was the only camera he had on him and he got pulled over by a cop at, for riding in the bike lane. And, and then he made this really hilarious video that got 5 million views before YouTube was even started. So his biggest thing is focus on the story. The equipment doesn't matter. And this, this, this trend keeps coming up over and over again. I see a lot of people, I see a lot of creators these days, they, they try to make their videos look super polished. And it's like, cool, like your video looks great. You're much more talented than I am with cinematography. But the thing is, I'm focusing on the story and you're not. And I'm focusing on what's really impacting me and you're not. And that's the problem, you know? So imagine yeah. what they could do if they, if they tapped into that, you know, yeah. they, they would have two, they would have two up on me, not just one, you know? Yeah. It's, it's almost as though with social media, things have become so, like you said, polished, right? On Instagram, you have people, you have professional photographers, photo, like retouchers. Um, I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but it's almost as though people value that more authentic, like rougher, edgy, you know, content as opposed to something that is so perfectly put together, almost as though, like when you think of like that perfectly put together content, you almost think of like corporations putting together like a promotional video, right? Mm. Whereas when it's more natural, it, it almost allows people to connect with you as a human, like you were saying before. Yeah. And, and people, people tell me like, I have a quote unquote warts and all style. And I think that's completely true. Like I, you know, even from the way that I edit my pieces, my blog posts, like I try to leave it all out there. I think the, the point for me with writing a lot of times isn't to make it perfect. It's, it's, it's a battlefield, you know what I mean? And content is a battlefield and, and yes, there's, there's, you know, you, you should polish it and things like that, but I want you to feel something. If you don't feel something, I don't care how polished it is. It's a failure for me, you know? So, yeah. uh, so, and, and people really, really relate to that. They, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I, I don't see myself as that great of a person. I, I think I'm a pretty normal, ordinary, I really am. I think I'm just a nor, or, normal, ordinary person that maybe works harder than most people. And people really relate to that. You know, I don't know what it is. So, you know. I think yeah. that's an important point too, is that so many people that have achieved success, you know, working online, there's not necessarily anything particularly special about any of us. It's, it's really that, um, that you just put in the work, you're consistent and you show up and you don't give up. Right. Yeah. Well, with Kate, with one thing that you do that I love and that I've seen you do before, like, I remember maybe like a year or two ago, you were in Bali and you were showing us your day. You were really documenting it. I love that part. I was like super interested in it. And you asked your audience, you're like, do you like this? And you pulled them and like, everyone said yes. And I was like, and I said, yes, but uh, but you, you also do, uh, on your Instagram stories, you talk about sometimes like days where you're not feeling it, you know, and I've seen that, I've seen that from you. It doesn't happen that often, but, but, you know, because I, I, I'm assuming that you're feeling pretty good most of the time, but you like when you're, when you're sort of have those bad days, you're not afraid to talk about it. You're not afraid to be like, yeah, you know what? I don't feel that great. And I'm going to 
take the rest of the day off and that's just how it's going to be yeah. and it's and oddly enough see how i remember that that happened that pro the last time you did that probably happened a while ago yeah but i remember that you know yeah. so this is just proof of that you know yeah. it's funny because i was very hesitant before to ever get on an instagram video because i thought oh i have to do my hair and my makeup and this is annoying and that day i was just like screw it i don't care i'm just gonna go on and that was like the most engaged, like I got so many responses, people absolutely loved it. And I was like, damn, looks like I never need to do my hair and makeup. Like, all right, let's do this. Um, but right. it's true. People connect to that. I was just like, all right, look, this isn't like the most riveting thing. Like I, you know, I'm sitting there working. I'm like, Hey, I can't focus right now. And yeah, the response was really, really good to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. that being said, I do want to ask a couple questions before we wrap up, because I think you know, people, this has been really inspiring. I think you've probably started, you've inspired a million people to either start writing or getting into video. Um, I think you've really broken it down to how it can be, it can be done in a simple way. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Um, mm. Some things that I hear come up when I, you know, speak to people that want to get into writing is around the idea of writer's block. So some people will be like, they sit down and they're just, they feel like they have writer's block. What is your take on that and your suggest suggestion to overcoming that? Yeah, I'm actually, I mean, I, like I go through it a lot. Um, I've recently gone through it. Sometimes I have days where I, I just like, I'm not inspired to write at all. And I think my biggest, my biggest piece of advice to that is uh, maybe one, maybe you're not writing something that you, about a topic that you really care about. That might be one thing. Um, but I don't want to blanket everyone like that. You know, I think that sometimes you really do care about it and you're just, it's the words just aren't coming and you're like, darn it. I can't think of it. Uh, the biggest thing I think is to just take a break. Uh, that, that's a, that's a weirdly, that's, that's, that's a weird thing that happens with me. And, and, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, especially as a type A person like me, I feel like I'm a type A person. I think I'm both, but, uh, mostly type A, unfortunately, you know, and, and so take a break um uh inconvenience yourself go go walk for 30 minutes in the middle of the day when you should be working um uh, get get active may, maybe go to the gym that helps to get the juices flowing again um but uh i that's uh, it's a, it's a really really great question and, and a lot of times i don't i i i can overcome it one way or another kate you know so and it's just a natural thing for me so i don't really have like a really great piece of advice for it but um you can take a break or you can think about what the topic is about and try to write about something that's a little more, that you feel a little bit more. And maybe, here's one piece of advice, maybe drink, maybe drink a beer or something or have a drink. <laughs> Seriously, that helps me out a lot, you know? And like, don't go overboard, obviously. Like, just like yeah. have, have like one drink, but yeah. sometimes that can really help you get the, you know, like oil the, 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 uh, the, um, the sort of, you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oiled up, you know, so you can, so you can go. Yeah. Uh, you know, so don't, again, don't get trashed in the middle of the day, but maybe, maybe, maybe one little thing at 5 p.m., one yeah. little beer can help you out a little bit yeah. to get going. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. Um, and, and another question that I, I see people often ask, and I mean, I have my take on this, but I'd love to hear your take. When people say, well, if I get into writing, I have this fear, like, am I going to run out of ideas of what to write, right? Especially, you know, your friend's writing twice a day. So this is a concern people tend to have. What is your take on that? Okay, so I, ideas? sure, sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, I have two things for that. One, um, 
you might run out of ideas. Uh, you, you just might. Um, but I find that, you, that you're constantly changing. And I feel like I'm a different person every six months. I feel like every six months I develop into a new person and I take on different takes on things, right? Yeah. So I think that um, if you really do run out of something, it's going to go away in a, in a little bit of time. You're going to start, you're going to make other realizations and you're going to maybe write about different things later on. I have learned so much since like, I started blogging a few years ago and I write about a lot of different things. Um, but another piece of advice too is like, yeah, that's why getting as close to your uh, emotions and how you truly feel about things and things that you're passionate about writing about is, is very important or things that you're scared to write about. That's why that's so important because you're never going to want to stop writing about that. You're always going to, as you write a blog, as you write a blog post about X topic, uh, as you dive into that that idea more and more and more, you're actually going to maybe have a couple new ideas spring from that. And you're gonna be like, oh, I never thought of that before. So you're either gonna put that idea into your post and make it a natural progression, or you're gonna save that idea for the next time. So as you write more and more, you actually stumble upon new ideas. It's like going into a cave that you thought was only like maybe 20 feet long. And then as you go in more and more, you find that it's bigger and bigger and bigger. It's a really stupid analogy, but but then again, it does the trick, right? So like that, that's the point and and one of my favorite authors her name is Anne Lamott uh, she made a book called Bird by Bird I, I recommend every writer read that book that is the best writing book I've ever read Bird by Bird and it's very fun to read by the way um, but she says that writing is like driving home at night you don't need to know where you're going you just need to see the first 10 feet in front of you and a lot of times that's the same thing that happens um, uh, uh, when when you're you know, producing content ideas, new ideas will spring up as you go. And you won't even think that, you know, you, you might in your head think, oh, I can only write about five things. But it's like, no, as you write about thing one, you're going to have a bunch of new, much more ideas. So um, that would be my encouragement uh, to them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it could even be, I find even sometimes you can write something and then someone comments on it and then that sparks a whole other idea or they'll ask a question. You're like, all right. And it just, to me, yeah, for, I, I totally feel you on that. To me, I feel like if anything, it inspires even more ideas. And I'm just like, I haven't, don't even have the time to like write about all these ideas. Like there's just so much that comes to you. And well, then, yeah. And another thing too is, you know, your commenters will sometimes give you ideas. Like, a, like, a, like, a, like one of my viral videos, like one, somebody said, make, make a video about this. And I was like, okay, if that means a lot to you, I will make that video. And because it meant a lot to them, it meant a lot to me, and I put my heart into it, right? So listen to your commenters. And then I forgot that other thing that I was going to say. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let that go. So yeah, the, 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 pay attention to the people that, that are commenting um, on your stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oftentimes they'll tell you exactly what they want, you know? Ex yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's gonna, and, and that's gonna help you. And, oh, and I just remembered as you get confidence as a writer, I mean, we think about things all the time, you know, like thoughts run through our minds like crazy. I forget what the uh, statistic is that how many thoughts we have per day, but uh, as you get more confident, um, you're going to really start to have, be more creative. You're going to have more ideas. Um, so I, I have found that to be the case for me as well. Um, yeah. There's always like, I have a notes section on my iPhone. Obviously we all have that, but I have like one specifically just for ideas that I write down. And, um, and I look at that if I am feeling a little lost for that particular writing day. Yeah, yeah. amazing. 
Amazing, Tom. This has been so helpful. I think you've really broken it down. It's been inspiring, but very practical at the same time. Um, I would love for you to share more about your course. Before we dive into that, can you share how people can find you online? And sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Kate. By the way, yeah, this has been really fun. Um, uh, you know, I actually think I need to talk more about online courses. I think that could be a thing. But uh, yeah. So how you find me online, finding Tom on Instagram, just search finding Tom, you'll find me there. Also the same thing on Facebook, finding Tom on medium. It's Tom Kugler uh, on YouTube. It's finding Tom. And then on LinkedIn, it's Tom Kugler. So okay. just medium and LinkedIn are my name. And then the rest are finding Tom. Cool. Uh, so that's how you find me. And, and then I can go into my course for just a second. Yeah. So you have an amazing course. Um, you have one on medium. I think you've just started one in LinkedIn as well. I'd love if you can, yeah, share that with everybody. Yeah, so, so my first one was called Media Mastery and it's, you know, it's, it's about Medium. It's showing you how to master the platform and how to, you know, get the most out of it. Uh, we've had like over 120 people enroll over the course of the last year or so. So it's been really cool. What's been really cool lately is I made an update and I'm getting responses from people in the Slack channel, like, oh, this one got curated, this one got curated, uh, you know, this one got, uh, one of my students just got trending on all of Medium, like they have a top five post on Medium and her post was number two. Amazing. I couldn't believe it. I was like, there you go, girl. And she like, she wrote this, she, she wrote this uh, post about, uh, about her life, very personal and, and it just went crazy. So um, I just try to tell people to write their story. You know, so yeah, that's Media Mastery. Um, you know, uh, maybe I can send you the link to it. If not, you can just look it up on Google, Media Mastery. Um, email me, Tom at FindingTom.com. I can get you a coupon for that if you want. Cool. Uh, and and then you know we can get rolling on that. Um, but yeah, that's that's Media Mastery, and that's my course. And uh, I think it's like five modules, and uh, really designed to just help you get curated on Medium. That's the main goal of the course. Yeah. So I teach you how to do that, how to get going. And we also have a Slack channel. There's like 20 or 30 people that are active in there relatively. You know, they come and go. And it's a, lot, it's a really cool place. It's fun. Amazing. And for the LinkedIn, are you, is this out yet? Because I've, I've heard this talk about it. Are you, you're doing something with LinkedIn as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the LinkedIn, okay. So the LinkedIn it's called LinkedIn mastery. Um, so basically that's just, uh, it's, it's, you know, I played off of the name that I had with media mastery, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn mastery. It's, it's designed really to teach people how to leverage medium. I mean, LinkedIn to their, to their utmost potential. So I, I actually teach video more than anything. I teach you how to write status updates, how to do picture posts, how to write articles, but video is a big part of it. And I teach you how to do it with, with your own, you know, mobile phone camera or with a Canon, I teach you my whole setup behind that and how to make videos. And um, which I think, you know, when you're on LinkedIn making content, you got to get over that fear to make videos. It's hard, but you got to get over it because yeah. that's when you can really see that growth go wild. So yeah, LinkedIn mastery as well. Um, email me, Tom at finding Tom. I can, we can talk about that if you're really, really interested. Um, and, and I can get you like a, like a good, like code for that as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, just for, just for your audience, Kate, that would be, that'd be cool to do for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Um, and you know, thank you for like having me on and, and, and everything. It's a really, really great talk. Uh, every time I come into a podcast, I always learn something new, uh, you know, just like writing. Yeah. I always stumble into something new uh, because of where the conversation leads. So yeah. I really, I really appreciate it. I look up to you. You know that. Uh, so I'm really, really happy for you. And, and uh, I'm 
stoked to be part of this. Let me know, like, like send me over the video and, and I can put some of it on LinkedIn, uh, you know, in, in, in my own videos and tag you and things. I would like to do that uh, if possible. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. Tom, it has been so good having you here. It's been incredible to follow your journey. It's, it's been amazing. I, I was telling you when we first jumped on, you know, from when we first connected to now, it's been so incredible following your journey. I really appreciate you being here. I know you have a lot on the go and I'm just, I'm excited that we can share your story and just everything that you've gone through and, you know, all of your tips with the writing and getting started um, with the audience. And I think they're going to find a ton of value. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Kate. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I can't wait to show my audience uh, this, this, this episode. So yeah, thank you once again. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for tuning into the Wi-Fi Nomads podcast, showing you how to successfully go remote. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit subscribe and leave a review. And if you haven't already, head over to wifinomads.com. That's W-I-F-L-Y nomads, N-O-M-A-D-S.com, where you can learn more about how you can get started working remotely from anywhere in the world by joining one of our upcoming programs. Remember, spots are limited, so be sure to apply soon. Until next time, everyone, safe travels.